0: What well, did you bring your Bibles this morning? All right, let's get into the Word. Let's make our declaration. Say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. And I overcome... Yeah, I'm powered by its love. <laughs> Amen. That and more. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives, Father. We do. We live by your word. We walk in your word. We thank you for the faith that it produces in our life. We thank you for overcoming power and victory through every circumstance in Jesus' name. Somebody said, "Amen." Amen. Amen. Well, last week uh, I mentioned the Jezebel spirit and about her being preened a dog chow, and. Uh, so, and I talked to you about how important it is to know your Bible. So, I read this to the men um, Monday night, but I thought I'd share it with you because it is good and why you need to be a good student of the Word. So, uh, this was given to me. This came out of my great uncle's library, and uh, my great uncle uh, went to Bible school in 1924, and uh, then he pastored for over 60 some years. And uh, him and my grandfather both, and that. So, but this was just a little. This is the old. This is one of the hokiest books I've ever read in my life. It just got some of the old craziest stuff and, that, and out of the 40s and 50s, so I want you to hear this. This is called Study to Know Your Bible, all right? Are you ready? Study to Know Your Bible. Only, I think Peggy's the only one here that may have heard this, and maybe Kathy, so watch it. Study to show yourself to prove, and do not misconnect the scriptures as the dear brother did. And uh, as the dear brother did, so down in the south, down in Louisiana, there's a brother that felt he had a call to preach. So he comes out of the bayous, and he applied for admission to the ministry and was submitted to examination as follows. They said, can you read? He said, no, sir. He says, can you write? No, sir, but my wife can. That's a good start, amen? My wife can. Well, do you know the Bible? Oh, yes, sir. I know the book from lid to lid. What part of the Bible do you like the best? Well, sir, I like the New Testament the best. What book of the New Testament do you like the best? Well, sir, I like the book of the parables the best. Is that right? Which one of the parables do you like the best? I like all the parables. Out of all the parables, I like the good Samaritan the best, sir. Well, tell us about the good Samaritan. Yes, sir. Once upon a time, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among some thieves and the thorns, grew up and choked that man. He went on and on, but he didn't have no money, and he met the Queen of Sheba, and she gave that man, yes, she gave that man a thousand talents of gold and a hundred changes of raiment, and he got into a chariot and drove on furiously. And while he was going along, his hair got caught in the limb of a big oak tree. And left him hanging there. Yes, sir, he hung there many days and many nights. And the ravens came. And those ravens fed that man food to eat and water to drink. One night he was hanging there fast asleep. And his wife Delilah, she came. (laughs) Came along and cut off his hair. And he fell on the stony ground. And it began to rain. And it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And he went and hid himself in a cave, and then he went on and on, and he met a man, and the man said, Come have supper with me. And he said, No, sir, I won't. I married a wife, and I can't come. But the man went on and on into the highways and byways, and he compelled them to come and have supper with him. And when he went, went on and on until he came to Jerusalem, and when he got there, he saw Jezebel sitting high in the window. And when, he, and when she saw him, she laughed at him. But he said to the men, throw her down out of there. And they threw her down. And he said, throw her down again. And they threw her down 70 times 7. <laughs> and of the fragments, they picked up 12 baskets full. Now then in the resurrection, whose wife do you think she's going to be? That's good stuff right there. Amen. So hopefully you read your Bible a little bit better than that. Amen. Open your Bible up to John. You want to borrow that one, Mike? You can take that with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. John chapter 13. Amen. I'm excited for what the Lord's doing and God is pressing us. And last week, I was just so proud of all of our men. And how many know we, we can create a day of visitation? We can determine that we want to usher in a visitation of the Lord. But the way visitation, it doesn't come the way we think it comes. And the main way visitation comes is by us having a heart for the kingdom of God. By us looking to reach people and take the kingdom to people. And so this morning, I want to just share this thought with you, especially moving forward in this year. I believe this is such an important uh, principle and truth for us to walk in in this season. There are so many discouraged hurting people in our world today so many things being imposed upon people somebody needs to touch them with the goodness of God Amen. And no matter where we are, whether God uses you like Michael and sends you around the world to preach the gospel, or whether He just sends you right next door where you live, we have a call upon all of our life to touch people with the gospel. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. So I'm going to talk to you this morning about towels or titles, and I'm going to illustrate it through two basins this morning. But I believe God wants to start a, not, not a revolution, we hear a lot about revolution and all this other stuff. I believe God wants to start a servolution. Amen. That we just start serving a servolution, that we can bring transformation to people's lives through serving. Now, before the feast of the Passover, verse chapter thirteen, verse one, when Jesus knew that His hour had come that He should depart from this world to the Father. How many know if He went to the Father, that's where we're going. Michael was just singing it by the Lord. Spirit of the Lord there. We are not of this world. Hallelujah. If you're born again, we are not of this world. We can watch the world go crazy, but our hope is not here. Our hope is in the Lord. Amen? So think about that. Knew in his hour that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. To betray him, verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, that he had come from God and was going to God. Man, what assurance. Amen? So verse 4, he rose from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he had poured water into a basin. He began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and said to him, "Lord, you are." And Peter said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet. And Jesus answered and said to him, What I do you do not understand now, but you will after this. How many found that you understand things more the longer you walk with the Lord? Amen. Amen. just gets clear. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. How many know it's a humbling thing to have somebody wash your feet? Amen. We let go of all of everything about who we are. Amen. And Jesus answered and said to him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Wow. And Simon said to him, Lord, <laughs> I love Peter. He like, he, he, he's, he's, our, he's our Pentecostal pendulum. He just goes way over here and swings way back over here. Right and then he finally gets rooted in the middle after Pentecost, praise the Lord. So watch this. And Simon said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. So listen, if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who was sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Amen. So we just spent, we finished up this morning. I spent 21 days in prayer with people on, in the morning from 6 a.m. to about 7 a.m., about 45, 50 minutes, praying through the Scriptures. And what we did, we read the Scriptures, but then we prayed that into our heart. Because so many times it's the engrafted Word that saves our soul, not just the stuff we listen to. It has to get in. It has to become a part of our life. And so Jesus is saying here, it's not just that bless all you if you know it, but and you do it. So I, I just more than knowing, I have to be a doer of it. Amen? So let's go through this, and uh, God's going to do something in our life. Look, look at the cover of your outline. Never forget, words are the directors of our lives to influence the choices we make, for life or death. Every decision you make is connected to words. You want to know the power? You want to know the power of words? Just listen to what's happening in the political arena. They will get on, especially uh, regardless of your political affiliation. If you listen to the Democratic. Uh, people that they'll get a word and everybody in that thing will say it 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 and then people start repeating it because words are influencers words are influencers your life my life is being influenced by the words that we hear for good or for evil for blessing or for curfing every decision we make is connected to words just like Adam's was. Adam made the decision to eat from the wrong tree because of words that were spoken into his life. They are the words we speak to ourselves and the words we allow others to speak into us. Be careful who you let speak into your life. Be careful who you let speak into your life. Everybody needs somebody speaking into your life. Just be careful who that is. Amen. All words are a creative force for which man will be held accountable. Matthew 12, we prayed it through on our morning. Matthew 12 says, every man will give an account for every idle word. In the day of judgment, every man will give an account for every idle word he has spoken. That word idle in the Greek means unemployed. Your words are creative force. What you're saying out of your mouth is creating your life. You need to learn how to speak life and speak truth. And so when we declare that, and Jesus says, every man will give an account for every idle word, every unemployed word, every word not given assignment. Amen. I mean, serious stuff. Are you doing all right? So I don't have time to read it all, but that's what he said. Now, verse, look at the next point. Even the secular world understands this and does its best to influence the words spoken into the hearts of the next generation. Look at all the terms we are not allowed to say anymore. Look at all, you can't, you can't say sir. if you say certain terms, you're labeled in that area as a bigot, or whatever, or a, whatever it is. Look at all the labels, can't say that, can't say that, can't say this, can't say that. Look what they just did in our government, they, they just passed this thing, that you can't use any gender term. You can't say mom and dad, father, daughter, brother, sister, you can't say, everything has to be non-generic. Uh, I mean, no, no, non-gender. Uh, Amen. Can I just tell you, we're just stuck on stupid right now, and the whole world needs a good slap in the face. Amen. It'd it'd do all right. I don't know if it'll help, but praise the Lord. The Lord's going to slap us the whole thing one of these days. Amen. So watch this. Even the secular world understands this and does its best to influence the words spoken into the hearts of the next generation. Why, Why does the secular community want to be in our schools? What are we teaching in our schools? What are the words being spoken into our children? On every level. Why? To produce through them... What they wish to receive. Words can change the atmosphere of a room. They can ignite faith, fuel doubt, build confidence, or instill fear. They can unite with love or destroy with hate. They lead into truth and life or deceive and destroy with a lie. Words will determine where everyone spends eternity. Words determine your eternal destination. That's why we choose life. Amen? So What? This is our question. What were some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples? And what was the last lesson that he taught them? There are two important directors (coughs) when it comes to understanding God's word. The first one is the law of first mention. The second one is the law of last things. The law of first mention and the law of last things. The law... The the first time something is introduced, it gives precedence for use. I always use the illustration of worship. We call call this a worship service. This is worship. We're singing. We're giving praise and adoration to God. We're acknowledging His goodness in our life. But the first place worship was mentioned was by Abraham walking up a hill with his son Isaac in tow to sacrifice him to the Lord. Because the Lord said, give me your son, your only son Isaac. And Abraham says to the men who came with him, who said, you stay here. The lad and I are going to go yonder and worship. Worship, true worship, is our full obedience to what God has required from our life. We think, well, if I just sing songs, I'm worshiping God. If there's no obedience connected to what you sing, you just sang a good song. We might as well be singing, I want to hold your hand. Might as well just be singing rock and roll. Are you doing all right? I always get shouted down when I get to that part, but that's okay. Because let me tell you what's happened. We've come into the area of the worship of worship. Where we'll go to a worship service to sing songs, but don't ask me to come to a prayer service and humble my heart before God. Don't ask me to give time, interceding forever, but worship and dance and glory. oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So the first time something is introduced, it gives precedence for use. Find the first time something is said and the last time and then every place in between to build sound doctrine. Want to have good, solid doctrine. You don't want to be like the brother. Want to be this guy. Amen. You want to be solid. Find the first place something is said, the last place it is said, and then every time it's mentioned in between and you come out all right. Secondly, the last thing someone says before they depart or final instructions carries significant weight on what will be expected. Think about this. The last thing Jesus said to his disciples, he's having their last supper. After the meal, after everything, he gets up and washes their feet, and he gives them this final instruction for them. Listen to what he said. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than... Than his master, nor is he who has sent greater than he who sent them. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And then they leave and they go into the garden to pray. And he's betrayed, turned over the hands of sinners. Watch it. Look at your outline with me. So let's talk about towels or titles. Knowing that he should depart from this world to the Father. On the night of his betrayal, at the last meal he would ever eat with those who had been with him for the full term of his ministry. What was the most significant instruction that he could give them? Did he take them to teach. Did he take time to teach them sermon prep 101? Did he teach them how to write a good outline? No. Did he instruct them on how to have a power ministry? No. Did he teach them how to grow a great ministry? No. He modeled a servant before them. The last thing he did is he modeled servanthood to them. He said... You want to be great? This is the kingdom. Be a servant. Jesus spent his whole life modeling service. To the Father he affirmed over and over that all he was doing was his father's will. Paul declared in Philippians two verses five through eleven for time's sake, we won't read it that through his obedience as a servant to the will of the Father, Jesus has received a name that is above every name. It says that he humbled himself and became obedient to the Father, even to the point of the death of the cross, therefore God has exalted him. And given him a name that's above every name. In the garden, what did he pray? Not my will, but yours be done. Amen? So he modeled servanthood. So think about it. What do we do? How do do you have a great name in heaven? Serve on earth. Where do you serve? How do I serve, people say? Wherever you find a need. Amen? I'm going to go ahead of myself here. I was going to do this at the end. Go to Matthew chapter 25. We prayed this through this morning. Matthew chapter 25. And uh, beginning in verse thirty-one, Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse thirty-one. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. I just understand Jesus had just given the parable of the talent, gave the parable of the ten virgins, and then this is not a parable. This is the declaration of what's going to happen. What we're reading right here is not a parable this is jesus saying i'm coming and there'll be a day when i sit on my throne and this is what's going to happen verse 32 all the nations somebody say all the nations all the nations nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another As a shepherd divides his sheep from goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left hand. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Watch this, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Wow. It's been prepared for us from before the beginning. Amen. And watch what he said. So listen, where do I serve? How do I serve? Who do I serve? Look what Jesus said. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. Wow. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and take your in? Or you, naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least, Somebody say the the least. One of the least of these, Of my brethren, you did it to me. See, when it comes to serving, if somebody great asks us to do something great, sign me up. If it means just going where there's no accolade, where there's no acknowledgement, where nobody will ever know, oh, well, you know, I think I have something else to do. Moving right along. So here's what the question I will serve, but can I have a title? Can I have a title? Can, can I get my name in the bulletin? Can I get a badge? Yeah, you can have a title. Here it is. Foot washer. That's your title. Foot washer. Amen. I love that. One of the best lines that, that, that I ever, a good line from a movie, the Bruce Lee story. He's he's washing dishes and stuff, and he made all this money. And she goes, here, you could take this money. You earned all this money. You could take this money. You could go to school. You could get an education. You could make something out of yourself. Or you could just go waste it all being stupid, and you can come back here because I always need a good dishwasher. Amen. I always need somebody just to do the lowly. The, the, this job, the dishwasher job, the foot washer job, is always available. Amen. You know what's always available in the church? The toilet washer. <laughs> Amen. See what we look—we look for titles instead of towels. Now listen. When it comes to that title, there's never many people in line. Nobody got up and arm wrestled Jesus to wash feet. Nobody said, no, Lord, no, Lord, let me do that for you. They just sat right there and let God wash their feet. They let God wash their feet. Wow. Think about the crew that Jesus had to work with. They were always jockeying for, for position, always comparing themselves. The three, Peter, James, and John. John always John's a little weird, always laying on Jesus. <laughs> a little too close, space. Amen? Peter being bold and outspoken, even to rebuke the Lord. Judas being a thief and a betrayer. James and John. Go with me to Matthew chapter 20. James and John bring their mama. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, James and John, came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from them. You've got to be messed up you've got your mom and you're standing behind her and she's kneeling down before the Lord. Amen. And he said to her, what do you wish? And said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus just said, watch what he said. You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? What was the cup? Not my will, but yours be done. The cup of complete obedience to the Father. Are you able to drink that cup that I'm about to drink, be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said, we are. He said, you will indeed drink my cup. And be baptized with the baptism I'm I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And then when the ten heard this, they were all torqued off. When the ten heard it, look at verse 24. They were greatly displeased with the two brothers. What do you mean? I wanted that seat and he wanted that other seat. Position. Position. Amen? Let me put you like this. You can have a title here or you can have a crown there, either one. You can be seen here or you can be rewarded there. If you want to be seen here, you know what you get for your service? That's your harvest. That's why Jesus said, whatever you serve, when when you do your charitable deeds, when you do your own, don't do it to be seen of men. Do it to be seen by your Father. Amen. And he will reward you openly. But if you just want to be seen by men and people to applaud you, that's all you get. That's such a cheap sellout harvest. Don't sell out cheap when you could have great reward. Amen? So think about that. So there they are the, with their mom. And, but we're no different today. Jesus did not give out titles. He only offered towels. He didn't give out any titles. He didn't make either one greater than the other. And in the king nobody's greater. You know, you, you know what we all are? We're just all foot washing servants. Whatever the need is before us. Whether it's somebody, I I like what Tommy Barnett did in in the area of starting ministries in his church. He told people, what do you like to do? He had had quilting ministries where ladies would get together and through their quilting they'd invite people who weren't saved to come in and while they're quilting, they'd talk about the Lord and get people saved making quilts. That they have book reading thing, do another thing, but use your areas and your interest as a way to build a bridge of communication with people who don't know the Lord and you can invite them in. And so they would do their pastor's conference. They would have a parade of about 200 ministries that would come across and nothing you would call in the church had no title. It's just people taking opportunity to be a servant, finding a way to get the gospel into people's lives. Amen? That's what we need in 2021. We need people engaged in reaching out and touching life. Come on, what if we got as excited about God as we are about politics? What if we had the same fervor for the kingdom as we do about this stuff? Praise the Lord. So watch this. Jesus offered titles. So here are the keys on serving. Why was this so important to the Lord? Why was serving so important to the Lord? Blessed are you if you know these things and you do them. Let us go back. This is the last instruction he's really giving his disciples. Why is this so important to him? Here it is. Number one. Because we're not authorized to speak without a towel. You're not authorized to have a voice without a towel of a servant. It's easy to identify a problem, to see the dirt, but we're not authorized to speak to it. Unless we're willing to roll up our sleeves, grab the basin, and start washing. Amen. All these other pastors, pastor, I know what you need to do. Pastor, I know what you need to do. That's great. Here, have a towel. That's a, that's a great idea. I'm glad you know what I need to do. I think the church ought to do this. I think the church, this is what I think. This is what I think. God bless you. Grab a towel. If you don't want to grab a towel, Goodbye. Amen. Are you doing all right? Authorized to have a voice. You're not authorized to speak without a towel. It can be in the church. It can be in our job. It can be in our community. No matter where it is, you have to get involved serving. We don't have a right to complain about our government if we don't want to get involved. You have to get involved beyond the voice of your opinion. Hallelujah. Do you still like me this morning? (laughs) Secondly, serving develops a voice. Serving develops a voice. Years ago, I heard Dino Rizzo tell the story when he was starting out, and, and he felt the call of God, and he was under a pastor. He said, Pastor, I feel the call to ministry. I, I, what do I have to do to answer the call? He says, Well, this is what you're going to do. He said, You're going to spend the first six months with me in intercessory prayer. You're going to meet with me every day for intercessory prayer. Amen. All right, well, then when do I get to do? It? No, then after that, this is what you're going to do. You're going to spend nine months vacuuming the church. And he said, my pastor was crazy because they had shag carpet in their church. They were down in Louisiana. They had shag carpet. And the pastor believed this. If you didn't uh, uh, vacuum the carpet with the, li- you know, those lines you make on shag carpet? He said if the lines weren't in a certain way, there was no anointing. <laughs> so he said, we had to vacuum the carpet. Had to be just like this. It wasn't right. He'd come back. You got to fix that, God. There will be no anointing on Sunday if we don't have the lines. Yeah. So what did he do? For nine months... He vacuumed the lines. And then he said, Pastor, I think I'm ready to pay. I've been doing it. Pastor said, okay, come on. This is what you're going to do. You're going to spend the next year teaching the junior hires. Yeah, you go in there with junior hires, you get a voice real quick. Amen. If you can minister to junior hires, you can minister to anybody. Amen. How many feel called? Come on. Get in there, watch it. So, serving develops a voice. Thirdly, serving seasons and tempers a voice. Serving seasons and tempers your voice. God always works in you so he can speak through you. While I'm serving, I'm allowing God to work in me. Go through that refining process. Serving seasons our voice. Number four, understand this. You never graduate from serving. You never graduate from serving. Amen. I'm just going to put it you like this. There should never... Look, look, look what's happened. Why is this so important? Think about this right now. Think about all the things that we have to ask people continually to get involved doing in serving in the church. Can we get somebody to help? Could we get somebody to help? Could we get somebody help? What's happened? People have graduated from serving. You never graduate from serving. You will never serve your way out of serving. You never serve your way out of serving. So look at Jesus. Jesus spent all this time ministering to people, and there he is on the last day. You, you, you know what happened in, in, in that night, in that room? They, they, they were in a, a borrowed room, in a rented room. And the custom of the culture of that day, when you came into the room, especially for a dinner, there were washing pots. Anybody remember the marriage supper that Jesus went in Cana? And the six pots that were there, you know what those pots were? Those were the cleansing pots. When you came in, you started at the first pot, and you washed your hands and your feet and you washed, and you kept rinsing off in that pot, and by the time you got to the last pot, you were rinsing off in clean water. And that's the pots that Jesus said, "Go take that, go fill those pots with water and take out wine out of those. Take out of the first pot first, the muddiest one first. Now, out of the cleansing pots. So when you came into a room, but at that place, there there was a servant. The lowest place of service you could have in the culture of that day was to be the servant at the door that washed the feet of the guests. That was the lowest place of service in the culture of the day to wash the feet of the people coming in. And God strips himself to kneel before those he was giving his life to redeem to wash their feet. And there was no provision. There was no servant there. If anybody's feet were going to get washed, if any cleansing was going to take place, it would take somebody to take the form of the servant on behalf of everybody else. And the only person willing to step down was the Lord. Are you doing all right? So you never graduate from serving. Jesus did not say, hey, I smell dirty feet. Somebody get up and do something about that. I'm the Lord. I don't do feet. Is that what Jesus said? Amen. I don't do floors. I don't do windows. And I don't do feet. That isn't what he said. He said, do you know what I have done to you? He said, if I, being your Lord, have done this for you. So what did he do? Fifthly, servant is modeled. Come on, if Jesus, as our Lord, never graduated from serving, we don't graduate either. Amen? We're here to be servants all the way. Amen. He said, I've given you an example. He modeled the example that we are to follow. You see, number six is the last point. Knowing and doing are two different things. Knowing servanthood and doing servanthood are two different things. Amen. We love all of you joining us by the internet, but this message is for you too. Praise the Lord. Amen. So now what? It's not what we know and affirm with our voice, but what we do through our actions that prove what we really know. It's not about saying it. It's about doing it. Amen. Amen getting in there. So why do we serve? Why serve? Why serve? I'll tell you why. Today, right here today, there's people who come in this room that need somebody to serve them. People walk through these doors and many have faced the worst week of their life. Some have just found out their kids are making foolish choices. Someone maybe just lost their job. I mean, there's th- th- this whole year has been the craziest year. People coping with all kinds of things. But yet people have, have gotten up and pressed through to come to God's house, hoping to find refreshing. Someone may have just gotten a report from the doctor that was totally unexpected. You see, the list is endless and the needs are as varied as the people who come. Some of those needs are pleasant and some are like washing dirty feet. But they are all lives that need to be loved, cared for, supported, embraced, served, washed and healed. Amen. But the only way that happens if somebody will step down from their position, humble themselves and give themselves to minister to those needs. They deserve to be met by a good Samaritan, not this one. A good Samaritan. At the door. Who is willing to go out of his or her way. To pour on and pour in the oil and wine of compassion. I'll never forget. A lady came to our church a while back. And, and Brother Johnny moved to Reno. But Brother Johnny was just a great greeter. Had the biggest smile. The warmest heart. Everybody walked up. He was just happy and smiling to see Everybody. And he grabbed this lady. She came up to the church back in the acceptable hugging days. Back in the true normal. And he hugged her and just blessed her and loved on her. And she goes, you don't know how much that ministered to me. That more than anything else that went on that day. That greeting. That greeting. You know, sometimes even just being out, we think, well, why do we need people out there waving? Not just so we get people to the right parking space, but getting that first greeting when you drive on to the church. That somebody's there smiling. How you doing? God bless you. Thank you for being. Just a welcome greeting. How many know sometimes through the week, nothing was welcoming in your week? Nothing was worth I mean, everything was again. So there's so little ways. And just think about that. What do you have to know to wave and smile? How- it's not hard. You can do that. Just pray your Miss America. Just act like you're a beautiful, just wave and smile at everybody, amen. Just think everybody thinks you're beautiful, and you're just waving back, amen. Hallelujah, you could do that. It, 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 once that happens, it tears down all the barriers. It's just amazing that a smile, but watch what happens. Then it opens people up to receive the word. So what, what happened in there, and, and that lady said that at the altar, and she was, God, God brought ministry to her during the altar time, but it began when she walked to the door. Because somebody was humbled enough to be there just to greet and to give out, giving out more than what they were receiving. Watch it. So they deserve to be met by a good Samaritan at the door who's willing to go out of his or her way to pour on and to pour in the oil of wine and compassion. See, the gospel is not about our comfort, it's about the Lord's compassion for the broken, the wounded, and hurting in our community. We need to be servants of the harvest servants of the harvest amen serve for the reward of heaven not for the recognition of men Thy i reference matthew 6 he says when you do your charitable deed when you give on when you're being nice when you're ministering to the need don't do it to be seen of men jesus said that's your reward do it to be seen by your father and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly amen such a blessing And so this morning, there were two basins there. And this morning, I'm going to take a moment to talk about the first basin. Because Jesus, he rose and he came to the first basin. it says that he took a pitcher and he poured it into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And he just came down to someone and started going around to his disciples. And he came to someone and he girded himself. And he came to someone, and he began to just wash their feet. Just to humbly affirm to them that he loved them. That he gave his life for them. wash those before you put them on <laughs> but he loved them now I'm going to go to the cross and die for give my life for you, because I love you enough not just to wash your feet, I love you enough to cleanse you with my blood, I'll give my life for you, love you Josh, you're awesome buddy, amen, it's going to do Michael, but he's got to sing in a minute, but then there was a second basin, The one we need to avoid. The second basin is for those who wash their hands of people. For those who can dismiss themselves from accountability. It's for those who can say, I gave my best shot. I went as far as I could go. So now I'm innocent. I'm not accountable for you. I'm not connected to your outcome." i fulfilled my responsibility to you. I can check you off and check you out. Always remember this. This is not the basin that Jesus washed from. Or is it the example that he modeled for us? Too many times that's what we do. We go to this basin. And while we're washing our hands the accountability of serving we're giving God all of our reasons why I'm no longer involved we wash our hands in the basin I gave you my excuse I gave you my reason I'm just going my way but that's not the basin that Jesus gave us Michael if you can come back please So here's the question: What shall this man do? Simple. Never lose your compassion for the lost, never lose your heart to serve. Pastoring all these years, I've watched people serving, doing amazing things. Then something happens. And they give up this for the bowl of justification. And they can tell you why they no longer serve. But they're the ones that's losing. Because the joy and the fulfillment they had over here, you don't see that in them anymore. You, you, You remember their voice when they were here. It was full of joy. It was full of life. It was exciting. Their excitement for the Lord. And over here, it's just kind of critical and has a reason for everything. It's heartbreaking. Because they allowed something to happen where they felt they could just wash their hands. Amen. I have a man who went to our church quite a few years ago. He moved out of the area and moved down to Elk Grove. Rich's friend, Sherry's friend, Fred Moore. He's passed away weeks ago. Awesome man, great man of God. When he was here, he is a servant, <laughs> and God graced my life to be able to go there with Rich. We were there, the, just the afternoon of the night that he passed away to spend some time with them. He looked at me and he said, Hey, Don, how long are you going to keep going? How long are you going to keep going? I said, I'm just going to keep going. I said, I know i got at least five more good years in me. Amen. I checked my tread the other day. I got some depth left. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm going to go till I'm gone. This year, soon I have been in the ministry. We went in ministry in 1981. This is 40 years. August this year is our 40-year anniversary of being in ministry. I feel like I'm just getting started. Amen. It takes a long time to figure out how to serve God. Amen. Amen. So how long? So, so we go, well, you know, I, I could retire. I should step back. I, I remember when my pastor stepped down at 65. He goes, oh, I need to give out of the way and give it to a younger person. I said, well, turn some stuff over to the younger guys, but we need to hear what you have to say. Amen. We, we need what you have to give. Don't step aside. You don't have to quit. And, and so he bought into the lie of the world. Be careful who speaks into your life. The world says, Oh, you need to retire at this age, you need to give up this day. So he gave up. And then, after they gave up and turned the church over, he went home and him and Sister Hood would look at each other. Wait a minute. We still have ministry in us. I said, I told you. Told you. Keep going. Well, I served in Children's Church for 35 years. Serve 36. Serve another 36. Man, just take your time getting in there. The kids will wait. They'll wait. They'll enjoy watching you walk. I only go just to see them come in. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep loving. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Keep doing it. Choose to wash feet. Not just your hands. You know what causes us to wash our hands? Because one day somebody hurt my feelings. Or how Jesus felt while they were whooping Him. People will always use you. Just choose to be used again. People will always use you. Just choose to be used again. You've seen me do that illustration with a $20 bill that's just wrinkled and crumpled and taped together. Because it's been spent and spent and spent and spent. And then another one that's in pristine that's never been in circulation. You want to know which one gets to heaven? The one that's been fully spent. I can't keep my life pristine out of circulation. I have to be invested. And the only way you can truly love is to be open to trust and to have your trust taken advantage of. You can't love without being open. You can't close yourself off and protect yourself. I won't let anybody hurt me, take advantage of me like that again. Then you can never love again. You can only truly love being open to be taken advantage of again. Serve for the reward of heaven not the applause of men how do I do that just keep your head down and keep washing feet just keep washing feet do you know how many people are on the sidelines in the kingdom do you know how many gifts and talents have been sidelined because people didn't keep their head down and just keep washing feet in their home they've wash their hands and they have such amazing gifts they have so much value that they add to the kingdom of God not just our archer the kingdom as a whole amen I'm sorry people do stuff I'm sorry people go crazy I'm sorry pastors get stupid that's why I just try to stay open you're going to see stupid in me before it ever happens Amen. (laughs) Amen. So in that. But when you act like something and you put on facades and everything, everybody is susceptible to a mistake. But never let somebody's mistake make you wash your hands from the kingdom of God. Be bigger than people's mistakes. Stand with me this morning. I wish I could tell you how valuable you are to God. I wish I could convey to you how much your serving means to the Lord. That just a yes from you to fill a gap. People will say, hey, could you help with this? Could you do that?" Well, I don't feel like I have the need. It doesn't matter. God graces you for anything that needs to be done. Are you doing all right? He graces you for anything that needs to be done. And I'm just saying that in the church, there, there should never be a need to we shouldn't have to beg people to serve. I'm not doing this just to get people to serve in children's children. To serve. I'm telling you, this is what has to happen in 2021 if we're going to see a revival and a move of God. We we have to love people enough to serve them. To feed somebody on the street, to go out, to do something, you see something, and then God's telling you that, that that's a foot you could wash. That's somebody you could serve. You, you have to take time you have to get down you have to stop what you're doing you have to lower yourself down to go down and get in the middle of that with them but if God's showing you you could do that amen and then in the church too think about how people would be touched and blessed if we just started a servolution don't you bow your heads with me this morning I believe God has some healing this morning in this message for some of you in preparing this I just I just all week was meditating over this message. And then as we got to Matthew 25 this morning in our prayer time going through this 21 days, we came to Matthew 25. <coughs> and I was naked, hungry, sick, in prison, stranger. And you came and you ministered to me. And then here I am this morning ministering this message. And Jesus says, when you did it to the least of these, you've done it to me. But I feel like there's some in here this morning, and, and please don't take this wrong, and, 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 and I use it. Everybody just look up here just for a minute. How many of you move your steering wheel when you drive? How many know what your? it is a steering wheel? <laughs> you don't just start the car and get in the road and then take your hands off the wheel. You're, you're continually correcting and adjusting your course. So that you make it safely to your destination. If you ever quit steering, you won't make it home. Amen? The Holy Spirit is your steering wheel. And when He speaks to our heart, He's not condemning us. He's keeping us out of the ditch. He's adjusting our course. He's keeping us... Online, in our lane, so we arrive at our destination. So when I feel God correcting me, if I feel Him saying something to me, I don't want to run from that. I don't want to push away from that. I want to press into that because it's God's grace correcting me, bringing me to that point where God, you're keeping me on track. You, you want me to arrive at your expected end for my life. We're in this journey together, and Holy Spirit you know, carry on, Jesus, take the wheel kind of thing. But Holy Spirit, he brings that connection to our life. And he says, hey, let's just go back over here, come back over here, just stay right here in your place. So bow your heads with me again. I'm going to ask Michael to sing in just a moment. And if you're here today, and maybe in the area of serving, you know, as Jesus modeled this example for us. He showed us true Christianity, what it means to be Christ-like, a Christ-like one, a Christian, a Christ-like one, one who represents the character and the nature of Christ. He modeled that for us. He says, I've given you the example. Be like me and serve. So this morning, maybe you're here, and maybe you've never stepped up to serving. Maybe you've never stepped up to that place even of saying yes to the Lord. In giving your life to Him and becoming Him, accepting Him as Lord. And this morning you could do that. Maybe you're here today and just something's happened that's moved you out of fellowship with God. And out of fellowship with God, it's moved me away from my serving. Today you feel God calling you back to that place. Of just saying, God, I'm recommitting myself to my relationship with you. It's all about you. It's not about what people do and what's happened. I'm going to that place where everything in my life is all about you. Maybe you're here today and something happened. Maybe you trusted. Maybe you felt like you were used, taken advantage of. Something's happened. If it happened here, I apologize. If it happened someplace else, I pray you can forgive that, release that, and let that go. But if you've been washing from the second basin, if you've washed your hands of serving, if you've given God all your reasons for why you aren't involved, why you aren't washing feet, then I pray today you would let the Lord heal you. I pray you could release that. And I know this is a very personal altar call, but revival begins. Breakthrough. A day of visitation comes when we come to back to that right place of relationship with God, saying yes to him with all of our heart. No longer washing our hands, but once again picking up the basin and the towel and going back to that position that the Lord modeled for us. So today, I'm not asking you to sign up for anything. I'm not asking you to pledge anything. I'm not asking you to volunteer for anything. I'm asking you in your relationship to the Lord. I'm asking you to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to serve. And then you let the Lord lead you to where that would be. So our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Michael's going to begin to sing. And while he begins to sing, if you need to move to this altar and make that commitment, giving your life to the Lord and serving Him with your life, renewing your relationship with Him and not allowing others to hinder it. If you've washed your hands from serving, if you've been in if you've, the, the time you've done that, whatever it may be, any of those areas, as he sings, and you just need to make that commitment to the Lord. I always ask, the purpose of preaching is to bring us to a decision. I'm asking you to make a decision for the Lord today. As He moves, you let the Holy Spirit move you as He needs to. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Yes. Father in heaven, I run to Your presence. Yes. You are all I need I've been forgiven I am accepted You are my righteousness I've been adopted I am delivered You are my hiding place Oh God so I run to You. Yeah. I reach for You. I'm a shepherd of my heart. Defender of my soul, you are everything. Yes, you are. I've been forgiven, I am accepted, you are my righteousness. I've been adopted, I am delivered, you are my hiding place. Oh God, so I I run.
0: thank you today Lord we want to see a visitation in our generation Lord you ushered in your kingdom by laying down your life for us by giving your life a ransom for all you stripped yourself of all your glory and as the creator of all things you nailed and wash the feet of your creation. Cleanse us with your blood. Forgive us for allowing anything move us away from you. To move us off of loving you, serving you, and loving people the same way you've loved us. Father, we say yes to you. We will serve you. We will love people and serve people. Father, we'll be that good Samaritan will be open to pour in the oil and the wine. To heal and to mend broken hearts. Lord, we just say, here we are. Use us. We will serve you. Till the day that we know we get to go to be with you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Somebody said? Amen. Amen. Isn't God
1: good?